A good earnings report for NVIDIA, uh, not really being rewarded yet. We'll talk about the price action, the report, and Triple D is calling it a value stock. We'll dig into that. Big ticket items. We tell you people aren't buying combines. Deer down 20 bucks, approaching support. Tracy Reiniak at 835 has an interesting sector on her radar. It's Wednesday. It's the day before Thanksgiving. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Yesterday, I thought the high of the day was in, and today it looks like the low of the day is in. We're up 10 handles, 45.61 and a quarter. Uh, the buck up nine, yeah, just under a dime here, 103.53. The bonds, they're up three quarters of a point, 116, 11.30 seconds. New high of the move for Triple D. I'll do the TLT, the Ackman bottom. I mean, that was, I should have put a date on there, the TLT here. Trying to break out. Uh crude. I, I think maybe on the ceasefire, uh down a buck fifty-seven, seventy-six twenty. Gold over two K. Will this thing ever stay in the two thousand handle? Up two sixty at two thousand four and twenty cents. Silver still struggling to get over twenty-four. That's up a nickel, twenty-three ninety-two. And Bitcoin holding steady, down two hundred and sixty dollars, thirty-seven thousand two hundred and sixty-five. Let's bring in our CFA analyst. I don't know if you guys knew Dennis had his CFA designation. And he's going to do some fundamental analysis here on why NVIDIA is a value stock. Well, we're going to bring in Mitch for this one, too, because Mitch was calculating <laughs> it as well in the background here. Hey, Mitch. Um, Look what I added to Dennis's title there. Oh, you did? You gave me my CFA? <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my Twitter like a while ago. I had it on there, but I, I've had my CFA. I got it in 2002, so I'm like 21-year vet there on the CFA, but... Anyways, I, you know I, you're again, good when you don't even bring I, it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even need that thing. <laughs> but, okay, so that's side, side show. Let, let's go to NVIDIA and just think about let's this for it, a second. Right? Because this stock is growing earnings so quickly that it's actually cheaper on a multiple basis now at an all-time high than it was when the stock was $300 a share. And that's insane to think about. You know, the biggest question is, so so you you did the calculation. I did the calculation, Money Mitch, um, on the forward earnings. And again, when you're calculating off forward earnings, it's a guess because we don't have the actual earnings. We're just going off estimates. We're going mm -hmm. off projections from the company. So we're going off, you know, what, you know, we think they can do. So Money Mitch, uh, tell us how you came up with your multiple and what you come up with for NVIDIA. Forward, yeah, forward so uh, I'm going to put this on the screen too to make it a little bit easier sure. for everybody out there to kind of visualize and see it, right? So what I did is I went to the estimates, right? Trying to find what the full year estimate was for the next 12 months, right? And the consensus, right? The kind of the average there. So I, I grabbed this from, and I'll give them a shout out. Seeking Alpha has a, a nice little calculation there. Um, so I grabbed the seven. 
17, 13, right? And of course, you got to get the price that it was, right? So I I got the price this morning, 504.75. Really depends on what price you grab, right? Because the price is always changing, right? So at at this point, I mean, this brings the forward PE ratio to 29.46, right? The average in technology usually stands between kind of like 20 and 30 times or estimates. Of course, we could compare this to Apple, right? That has a forward PE of 28.98. So there's your argument, right, Dennis? Is this a value stock? I mean, yeah. And it all depends on those estimates. So it depends how you go. So I was looking at the high and the low. There's a, the, the low consensus seems to be about 16. So if you go at 16, yeah. it's 32. The high estimates are like 24. Like this man list out there, they're saying you can make $24 next year, Joel. If it makes 24, 25, <laughs> things are with a fee of like 21. Now, I kind of, you know, was thinking more in the middle. So I was like, I went 19 on my calculation when I said 26 times. Tim Seymour was on CNBC Fast Money last night. He says if they make 20 just going in the middle, you know, between the 16 and the 24, the low estimates on the analyst and the high estimates on the analyst, then it's 25 times. But in any regard, 21 times, 25 times, 29 times, people who are saying this is trading 100 times earnings don't know what they're talking about. This is not trading 100 times earnings anymore. They're growing earnings. They were, if you look at last year's earnings, sure. But I mean, they just made over $4 in this quarter. So it's trading 100 times almost this quarter. So, I mean, it's fairly easy to come up that it's probably, you know, like it sounds like, you know, AI isn't going away unless we have this recession of all recessions last year. And I'm still calling for a recession. Um, I don't think, you know, the earnings are going to just completely fall off a cliff. Now, the argument here is there's a lot of pull forward maybe. So maybe the pull forward, you know, where everybody is ordering right now to get ahead of this AI boom, maybe earnings actually, you know, maybe the, the growth really slows significantly next year. Maybe right. it actually declines because of all the pull forward. This is a cyclical business. There's a lot of balls to juggle here. But, you know, there is an argument to be said that they are growing earnings so quickly that this has gone from being a nosebleed growth stock into a value stock just because they grew the earnings this much. I mean, they were making like $4 last year, Mitch. Now they're going to make, you know, what are they going to make when you add it all up here? Like 16 on the year? Like 15 on the year? Where are they on the, they're almost like nine bucks right now. They got another quarter to go. So, I mean, and and the big quarter usually is the the last The end of the year, yeah. Yeah, Johan, Johan's fan in the chat, you know, and he's taking the other side. We're making assumptions here. He says, why do we assume these these uh, earnings will last forever? Well, the markets, I mean, you have, you know, when you're investing, you do it, then you have to make, you know, some adjustments, uh, you know, based on the, the information that you're getting here. But, um, uh, you know, it's, do we think if you think AI is a bubble. And we're not going to, so if you're of the opinion that AI is not changing the world and we're not even going to be talking about AI in five years, then you sell NVIDIA if you're of that opinion. I am not of that opinion. I think AI is the internet. I think it is going to continue to grow. I think NVIDIA is going to be the player in AI. Going to It is already, and I think it remains that. I think competition will come. But the thing is, this is going to grow so much. AI is here right now. If it grows to here, it's like Tesla arguing, you know, Tesla. Think about how many people hated Tesla, you know, when it was when it was like literally, you know, we have to split twice, you know, go back to like $20 or $30. And, you know, and the thing was trading. And if we go with these pre-splits, like it's all confusing because it splits so many times now. It's really like $5,000 a share. But I can remember when the stock was 120 and there were some analysts out there saying this could make $20 a share. 
Well, it ended up doing it, and it was a huge value stock back then, you know. And now it's and now it's went up. Now I don't think Nvidia is going to go to that exponential growth because Tesla was a much smaller company at that point in time. Nvidia is already a large company; it's harder for large companies to grow like this. But I think there's an argument to be said. I don't think the argument is there anymore that this is a nosebleed valuation because that's what, what I. What about have. Apple? Let's bring Apple into the discussion here, Dennis, sure. because you know, I mean. For a long time, you know, Gene Monster came on the show and just said, you know, this thing is just, you know, it's just not getting credit. It's not trading at a high enough valuation and it caught up. So, um, you know, it make the, you know, make the comparison there. I mean, NVIDIA, I mean, I, I can remember Apple's growth and everything, but man, this is, and, this and is Apple mind boggling. had the same problem. Apple had a low PE forever because it was growing. The stock was going up like 50%, 60% a year, but the earnings were growing faster because the iPhone just accelerated so much that the actual stock couldn't keep up with the earnings growth. You were seeing that in NVIDIA. The stock cannot keep up with the earnings growth. So as the stock price goes higher, the PE is going down because the price isn't going up as fast as the growing earnings. So that E is going up faster than the P, which is bringing down the PE. So, I mean, it's a very interesting, interesting, you know, to compare to Apple and back when Apple was 2010. Now Apple has no growth. It's trading basically the same forward multiple as NVIDIA with, with no growth. So, I mean, even if you think NVIDIA growth is going to slow, I mean, I'd rather have NVIDIA with some growth as opposed to Apple with no growth. So I'm making the argument of NVIDIA over Apple. Full disclosure, I'm still on NVIDIA. Yeah. I bought it back at 408 for the same arguments. It was, it was, uh, it was, uh, um, uh, who was it? Um, I mean, Satori funds, Dan Niles. It was Dan Niles on CNBC back in October saying that this thing is trained 26 times forward earnings. And this was when the stock was 410. It's still trained 26 times, but um, you know, it's obviously the prices went up a lot, but the earnings have went up even more. So he was arguing that NVIDIA is a no-brainer down here. And I'm like, I listen to Dan Niles. That guy is smart, man. And I said it on the show back in October. I talked about NVIDIA, talking about them leading. So I didn't just start talking about this today. If you go back to the October shows, I talked about NVIDIA multiple times saying, I kind of want to buy this stock. Remember me saying it? I kind of want to buy well, it. Well, Dennis, we did a discussion. And then You're I like, did buy it. What's going to lead? You know, what is going to lead the, uh, you know, if we have the next bull market? And that, and you were talking it and you said, and I think it was really close to that day uh, that when you bought it, uh, the price action, uh, let's just talk about the price action real quick. Um, it was mute. I mean, you could, it started to go up and I'm looking like, okay, why is it this thing 510 bid? You know, that's how, that I was thinking. And then they slammed it and it's kind of hard because it's this gray line right here. If you were a straddle, now the straddle was 36 and it closed right around 400. So it didn't get to that straddle price. Uh, it only got to 468. Uh, and then, you know, it just, and they rebounded here, and now it's like it's like it didn't even report. It's up fifty eight cents. We did make a new high this morning at five oh seven twenty. Uh, I just think you had you know some sellers out there, people that played the big run. Just I think offers were stacked, but I mean it's holding a bid here at five hundred. We'll see what the the all time high in the regular session was made yesterday at five oh five forty eight. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then the all-time closing high, that was made 
uh, on the 20th at 504.09. But if this thing gets a, over the next couple of days, if this thing gets a 500 bid, then you just got to get the hell out it's of a, the way. It's a big day for it. If you're a yeah. day trader, I don't know if it's going back to 480. I don't know if it's going. I mean, we got in the long term. I don't have it on for a trade. I can't call the path, you know, perfectly here. But I think two years from now, NVIDIA stock is a lot higher. I think two years from now, NVIDIA stock is a lot higher. And that's why I'm on it. Oh my God! I got a chance to speak here. <laughs> no, you guys are going, you man. Cut in. This is a fighting show. We fight for. Chances. I see it. Nvidia. All, no, right, all right, I'm going to bring the bearish comments. The bear is here. Yeah, guys. please. Nvidia expects. <laughs> Nvidia expects new export restrictions, of course, to significantly reduce its sales to China and other impacted countries in Q4 of fiscal year 24. The company believes the decline in these sales to these regions will be more than offset by strong growth and other non impacted regions however there's still an expected to be a negative financial impact on export controls in q4 now the only question is of course will the u.s get tougher on china with these chips you guys can see it's actually affecting nvidia i'm sure this will also show up in other earnings soon uh, if nvidia sees that decline other chip makers are probably going to see that decline also. Um, so another question is that, you know, they're getting this from the big boys, right? I mean, if you look at where the revenue is coming from, it's coming from Microsoft, Google, right? Um, it's coming from Salesforce. Um, and I think that the big part of this is what Dennis is talking about, you know, that they're building right now, right? This is the chance to build all AI products that you want to build. And to do that, you need these chipsets. So that's why the demand is so high. But my question is, will this kind of slow down if they're not really finding revenues from these products? I'm, I mean, I think the growth is going to slow down for sure. If the growth doesn't slow down, let's just take the scenario where the growth continues to be at this pace for another year or two. I mean, this thing's going to be trading with a PE of 9, 10, like if the growth continues like this. We're assuming on these assumptions that you just did on the PE of the forward, we're taking the growth rate down. The growth rate is going to slow down. It cannot continue to grow earnings at 70% or whatever the hell it's growing right now. The margins aren't going to continue to be as high as they are. Too. Uh, 101 are super... year over year, just to kind of give that. 100% growth does not continue because you know what? If you continue to grow at 100% over a year, in like 10 years, you own the entire world. So yeah, the that's what I was asking Joel. Will this be the top company? Will this take Microsoft? I, I think there's the argument. I think that's a great question too. I'm going to jump in and take that one. I think there's the argument that this could be the most valuable company in the world eventually, NVIDIA. I think that argument is there. I don't know if that's the case. Right now, we're what? A trillion dollars on NVIDIA? Are we, are we a trillion? I got, are, yeah, 1.2. I have 1.2. 1. 1. 1.2. And, tr and, and Microsoft's 3 trillion. So that would mean NVIDIA's got to, you know, obviously expand three times to catch up to Microsoft. Is that, that argument's there. It's possible. I think Microsoft, I think a lot of these other companies are going to come up with chips. Competition's coming. There's all that. So I don't think, you know, you need to be invested in this saying that it needs to catch up to Microsoft. The question is, does AI continue to grow? And is NVIDIA going to be a major part? And if that's, if the answer to both of those are yes, I think you own the stock. Well, there you guys have it. Of course, uh, the key uh, business units were really good also in gaming. I just want to state because we we're just talking a lot about the kind of the AI side. Gaming revenue grew also 22% year over year. Um, professional visualization revenue was growing. Automotive, interesting outlook too, right? Because that could be another growth 
lever that they could be pulling on in the future, Dennis, that I don't think many are talking about is what they're doing here with NVIDIA Drive, right? Um, it's powering Xping's ADAS system. Um, it is in a new SUV also for Xpin. And so in the long run, maybe they can get autonomous right also. That could be another driver for NVIDIA. There's a lot of potential drivers here. You just think about chips. You know, what are they in? They're in everything. I told you my ceiling fan. I buy a ceiling fan. It's got a bloody chip in it. So, I mean, long chips in this world is probably still a call. And I mean, you know, obviously there's a million, you know, you can go into the microns and go into all those. It probably all buys on dips. I think just being long in the whole semiconductor group, maybe it is buy SMH. You don't worry about who the winner and who the loser is. You get a pullback, and I think we'll get a pullback. I think you don't have to chase. I think there will be pullbacks. But I, my argument is to buy this stock on dips and maybe buy all chips on dips. I think the, the the interesting question will be, of course, do we get to recession, right? Because that could always ruin things uh, going into next year. I think at this point, I mean, technology names are not showing any signs of recession, right? Let's get to Deer now with Ooh. their earnings. Q4 EPS, $8.26, beats the $7.47 estimate. Sales of $15.41 billion beat the $13.69 billion estimate. Their forecast for fiscal year 24, net income to be at 7.75 to 8.25, a little bit under their estimates. So the stock is declining on guidance for smaller profit. We call this one too. I mean, this stock is big ticket stuff. What have we been saying? That consumer is has less cash. They can afford an iPhone. But again, is the farmer going and buying a $700,000 new combine here? Only if they absolutely need it. Like, so let's say their combine breaks and they can't do anything. But they'll be trying to fix those things. The financing on their major products here has gone up substantially from probably 0%, 1%, 2% to 7 8% here. It is hard for the consumer and those consumers even you know, on their smaller products, like let's just say they're going in buying John Deere riding lawnmowers. I mean, the inflation that's been on those things too. I bought my John Deere riding lawnmower for $2,200 six years ago. That same exact lawnmower now, Joel, is $4,500 in Canada, the exact same one. It has over doubled in price. Stuff is just more expensive and people are strapped for cash on big ticket stuff. They're finding ways to go out for dinner. They're finding ways to do the small stuff. But the big ticket items have been in a recession here for a long time. Deer is big ticket. Caterpillar is big ticket. Huge ticket, I think, yeah. I think they continue to struggle in 2024. So these are the dips that I am not buying. And also with the, uh, uh, you know, the I mean, corn's holding up okay. You know, you talk about the farmers, but, uh, you know, wheat is, you know, look at that thing. It was supposed to be, you know, because of the war, it was supposed to be, you know, 100 bucks. No, so the farmers are not doing well. Let's do the price action in John Deere. Uh, you were looking at 360. I was looking at that a little bit ago, and I'm thinking, wow, that, that looks like it had a few lows in that area. Then one big seller came in and just knocked out the, knocked out the 360 bids, took it all the way down to 353. So that might be the capitulation move. You're eight bucks off that. That fills a tiny gap that you had in this area at 355. Uh, 355.66. So 
I mean, just the way it shot down there and shot back up, I just I think it might thicken up between that area, 355, 360. If you're looking for more upside here, 363 um, is capped the rally over the last hour. Cat, we know that uh, the uh, chart wasn't looking good on that one, and that that's how falling into. With Cat, you at least have a couple lows in the same area, but that's not until the 234 area for Cat. So there's a look at uh, cat and deer. Cat deep in, or deer deep in the red. Autodesk Q3 adjusted EPS coming in at 207, beating the 199 estimate. Sales of 1.41 billion beat the 1.39 billion estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS a dollar 91 to a dollar 97 versus a two dollars and one estimate. Revenues at four 1.42 billion to 1.43 versus a one point Four three billion estimate. Autodesk. <laughs> wow, look at that monthly consolidation. Like boring. Kind boring. Of. Well, you know what? Is it a dip you buy? It's a technology company. Obviously, software does a lot of things. I don't know if it's like your AI play, though. I don't think anybody's got Autodesk down there as AI, maybe, but I think, it, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of boring to me, too. I don't think there's a story here to drive this. <laughs> So, I mean, I think the, the, you know, the next month story stocks are still going to be the ones getting driven here. I don't see anybody, you know, Autodesk, but it's a dip. It's a technology company. Maybe they buy it. This has been in a month. This has been in a trading range for the entire year. And I'll, so if you're a range trader, the bottom of the range is one that the 191 area. I don't think we're going to get there. Yet. It still looks like he got a seller, a persistent seller. Uh, next area of support I'd be looking at ahead of that. 196 area that splits uh, three monthly lows from the summertime. But it's just blah. I mean, look at this thing. Uh, you know, yeah, great. Wow. I wish I would have been looking. I, I wish I would have been looking at this thing above two twenty because look at all the monthly highs you have here. So it's in a trading range and uh, working its way towards the uh, lower end of the trading range, but uh, not not a sexy stock in, in any any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes it's all about owning the sexy stocks. When you get into seasonality periods, like we're coming into <laughs> in the next month, it could be about owning the sexy stocks. I think January has the pullback in the sexy stocks, but maybe for this next month, sexy may pay some bills. All right, get to the action. Uh, Nordstrom, Q3 EPS at 25 cents up from 20 cents year over year. Sales at 3.32 billion down from 3.55 billion over year. They do see adjusted EPS at $1.90 to $2.10, taking a whack in. Um, there's been mixed mixed results right in in retail but uh this doesn't look good here in nordstrom and then we'll go also we can right after this we'll go to urban outfitters so stick around team uh, the one thing they got going for them is short interest is high and we saw it yesterday cole's disaster report starts getting bought back macy's gets bought right back i mean we've got a short squeeze on in these things so nordstrom was down to already getting bought back up to almost flat the, the company's earnings suck the companies are going to struggle. These are companies in the long, I wouldn't put them in my long-term portfolios, but right now we got a little bit of a squeeze on in these stocks and that might mean higher prices for it. 
right, you got a great area. If you're looking for the, if you're looking for the squeeze, if you're looking for shorts to start to scramble here, which they haven't done yet. Now you got that quick print up to over fifteen forty, but when you got four daily high, oh, that kind of co coincides with the daily highs here. Um, let's just call it fifteen forty because that's where you got up to four highs. So if you're not looking for a uh, a quintuplet top here. That's where things get interesting, but it's down a nickel. 1485 did have a dip. It really hasn't traded much of a range. Just keep an eye. If you want to be a bull, if you want to play uh, you know, a short squeeze in this one, then you need a 1540 bid for size in this one. Then things open up to 16 and 17. All right, going to Urban Outfitters. Will it make the move like everybody's thinking about in the chat, like ANF off of the AEO knockdown and came right yeah. back roaring? Uh, Urban Outfitters EPS 88 cents sales at 1.28 billion, beat the 1.26 billion estimate. Total inventory also decreasing. 3% year over year, something that I've been noting. That's what you want to be seeing, at least I think, if you're expecting a slowdown next year, is that lower inventory so they can hang around, um, especially if we see that slowdown come in. Leaders to laggards, laggards to leaders is what is happening in retail here right now. I don't think it lasts, but right now that trade is still on. It started with Target Walmart. We talked about it, obviously, with Macy's report not being great. And then you can go to AEO, which was a pretty decent report, but they hammered the stock. Also, um, it was uh, the other one. Uh, A&F came back. A&F yeah, did back bounce like back. A roar. Yeah, A&F did bounce back. And then there's this one here. These, This was a fine report. The stock has just been an outperformer here, and they got the leaders, laggers, laggers, leaders things going on. I think Urban could bounce back. Do you um, think A&F will turn around? Just, I'm sorry to interrupt there, Joel. No, a, I don't, mean? No, A&F, because it's right back to all, like, all time. Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's right on the top, right? If you're saying leaders to laggards, this came back roaring yesterday. So that's what I'm wondering. Can this one still hang on and keep driving? I mean, it's at That's a crazy insane, comeback. That's a crazy comeback for that. Yeah, stock. 16% in the intraday from the bottom to the top there. <laughs> 16% run. Yeah. Full disclosure, I do have a day trading position on that, too. Uh, let's see if you got a, but you got a, got a seller perched at uh 74, 75 area the, the, for that one. So if you're looking for a breakout, you got a triple top there, need to get above that area for urban. It's kind of, um, not a, nothing jumping out to me here at urban outfitter, uh, except that in the area that you had, if the bulls are going to step up here, they're going to do it here. They're going to do it at the 3375 area. That is the area of five lows that you had back at the end of October and early December. So that's what the Bulls need to do. They need to the make Bulls. the bid right here at 3370. HP Q4 EPS at 90 cents up from 85 cents year over year. Sales at 13.82 billion down from 14.8 billion year over year. They see Q1 EPS at 76 cents to 86 cents versus a 78 cent estimate and also see the fiscal year 24 eps at 325 to 365 on the high end and their estimate actually way below this at 316 the report's actually fine value trap here though i think 2024 is gonna be a rougher year for hp this is not an ai play it's a pc play i'm not interested in owning pcs right now um, again, bigger ticket people stick on their computers for longer. They don't need to get a new PC. People want a new iPhone. There's like not this necessary. I got to go out and buy a new PC. So no, thanks. I'm just, I, I, again, 
maybe we're in a buy the dip on anything tech, same as Autodesk was. So maybe the dip gets bought today. But I think 2024, if you're putting this long-term portfolio, Buffett's dumping it out of his long-term portfolio. That's all I need to know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I look at it to chart because maybe he did that. Well, everyone is buying Dell computers is what they're doing here. Is it, uh, <laughs> it's Dell's up here. I'm a Dell guy. It's a Dell. <laughs> uh, this HPQ, uh, why so they slammed it under 27 and a little bit of an overreaction, taking it down to 26, uh, 26, 68. But I see what happens at 27 here. Uh, uh, the, the bulls stepped up there uh, in November earlier, three lows at that area. You're 32 cents away. Um, if you fact it, they can breach the 27, then you can look for the pre-market low as that coincides almost perfectly with your November 2nd low. S&P is just making new highs on the session. Well, will we care about initial jobless claims this time around, right? They're about to come in in just about a minute here. Expectations oh, oh at 225,000. Um, let's find out. Let's find out if we're interested in jobless claims or not wide. today. Um, going wide, I think, just in case. Of course, everyone's focused on the action that's going on in NVIDIA, but the SPY just keeps climbing here. Um, I'm sure you're seeing that action, Joel. That Yeah, yes, interesting area, too. too. Yeah, uh, yeah, Microsoft off four bucks. Uh, uh, interesting area though, um, because you're at yesterday's high at forty five sixty seven, and the <laughs> high of the move was made on Monday at uh, forty five seventy one. So there's a couple targets for you here on the upside if you have a long. Don't know about necessarily trying to short in this market, but uh, got two daily highs in the same area, kind of the same setup that you had last week when you went barreling through that area. Oh, you're getting a little action here, a little a little drop, nothing major. What did you got the, uh, the official numbers yet, or is that just the algo jumpers out there getting ahead of the uh, actual? Uh, I got some got some numbers coming in. I have core durable goods uh, month over month at 0% versus a 0.1 estimate, so not uh -huh. much there. But looking for the initial jobless claims. Give me a second, guys. I should have it any moment here. Okay. Uh, little dip here. Did we get to 67? No, we didn't. We got to 65.75 and just holding steady here. In the 45.60 handle, we are now off the lows of what we're way off the lows of the session. 45.43, just kind of bouncing around like a ping bomb ping pong ball here uh nvidia clears 500 now that's up a buck 76 so microsoft driving the s p bus here oh microsoft, yeah which we have not talked about yet we probably should just before our guest yeah we can go um, to that right after this let me just give the numbers yep. here initial yep. jobless claims 209,000 versus 225,000 estimate prior being 233,000 so another nothing burger i think in the initial durable goods claims. though down 5.4% versus estimates of down 3.4%. More slowdown happening a little bit there when you're looking. The U.S. jobless claims, though, again, a little bit the other way. Don't tell the market that. It's not listening, at least. Yeah. So initial jobless claims down. So that's actually a, a kind of mixed signals almost here. But that durable goods number doesn't look good. Yeah. 
We'll see what happens if the market starts to pay attention to that durable goods number. Let's go to the Microsoft talk you wanted to get into, Dennis. It's uh, 831 right here, pre-market prep, smash the like. What are you thinking now, of course, can Microsoft, Apple just keep running? Will it just be the top seven companies just continuing to rally in Q4? I think and for the rest of the year, I think the next month sets up well for these companies to go because you got portfolio dressing. You often see a continuation in the last month of what has been happening. I think January sets up poorly for these companies. So I think what you're going to get is a run up into the end of the year in some of these companies and then the inevitable pullback in January where you have the rug pull. And that's going to be the opportunity to maybe flip around and maybe some of these laggards become leaders and leaders become laggards towards the end. But I'll be looking, you know, if we get a rally in everything in this next month, I'll be looking to dump some of the garbage too. So out of a long-term account. So, I mean, I think, I think I want to be positioned for the AI boom. I do think it's for real. I mean, there's a lot of things we've talked about the metaverse, you know, we've talked about so many things and, you know, they come and they go, you don't hear anything about the metaverse here now, but I do think the AI boom is real and I do want to be positioned for that. So I'm looking, you know, if we do get a dip in January, I think I'll be buying the dip in some of these companies, but I think we set up well going in the last month. Well to go higher. Joe, the mute button, my friend, the mute button. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam Altman back, obviously, uh, at uh, OpenAI. Microsoft has a seat on the board, so that's helping the stock. Uh, 78.87, uh, that was your high uh, on Monday. So that's the only... Only bogey I have there. All-time closing high is where we're at right now at 377.44. Uh, support just keeps moving up. I like the 367 area, but that's history now. Now major support here. Bulls still in full control here as long as this yeah. thing stays above 371. Who knows? Microsoft uh, leading. That's up over a percent today. So they kind of came out unscathed on that whole thing, right? Uh, all the all the chaos. But uh, Microsoft leading the S&P here once again. All right, guys, let's go ahead. We're going to get to our guest a little bit early. I see her ready. Sure. And Joel, I, something tells me you're going to be smiling when she comes on. Just something tells me, guys. You guys in the chat, catch this. This is going to be fun. Uh, here's, of course, let's get to our guest time. You guys smash the like out there. All right. Tracy, Tracy, value stocks, strategist, fun facts. I, I got mad at you one time for wearing red, but you're, <laughs> you, you, you're looking. I got it going today. Yeah. You've well, made you know, Joel's I, day. You've made Joel's yeah, day. I had that feeling. I saw it. I, I was already smiling for Joel. I wear um this week I'm wearing a, a Michigan shirt every day. I got awesome. one. I got one and I That's and I nice since you were coming on, I put on my my uh, fancy uh, Tommy Bahama one. But uh <laughs> just just real quick, um it, I mentioned a game to you and uh I think you have a perspective. I I know people don't really care about this, but I do. Um, <laughs> you, you think it, you think it's getting to be too big of a deal, right? It, it's a number one ranked, right, right now. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I feel that the game, even though it's the game, has become a bit toxic. That's the word I like to use. 
And there's just too much emphasis on it now between even the fans, the coaches. I mean, there's always been a lot of, uh, you know, stuff going back and forth between the coaches for decades now too on the game, but it seems to have taken a little bit of a turn for me. And I just feel like maybe they should take some time off from the game. I think that's crazy to say, but uh, they had the chance when, with the big 10 expansion and I understand why they're not doing it, but maybe a year or two off would be a good thing for the game and bring it back like a little bit healthier if you take a little bit of a break. But they're not quit. So we're gonna have the game for you know many more years. It will be toxic if we lose. But uh anyways, let's let's get to Q3 earnings a little bit better than expected. Uh, if you take out energy, uh, you gave it, they'd be up 8%. So did yeah. they clear a low bar or is the economy just still humming along? The economy is doing better than what everybody thinks. So, uh, they, you know, it has been slowing and this quarter up, you know, under 2% on the earnings growth side, but it was the first quarter in three that we've seen year over year earnings growth. So that's a good sign. And the analysts were real bullish about Q4 at the start of earnings season, but those earnings estimates have been cut now. So they're, they're getting a little more bearish on the fourth quarter, or, or maybe I would say just not quite as bullish. It was expected to be up 5.5% at the start of the earnings season. And now that we've had, you know, about 95, 96% of the S&P has reported now the analysts have pulled those numbers back in. So we're looking at fourth quarter up just about 0.5 right now. So that's come down pretty dramatically from the start of earnings season, but that's also usually what happens. You know, everybody gets real bullish, like, oh, things are so good. And then the companies actually report, you know, give us some guidance and then a little more realistic outlook, you know, is put in there. But, you know, given uh, with the Fed tightening and where we are, I'll, I'll take this almost two years into the start of the Fed tightening. We're still we're now seeing the earnings growth return. That's a good sign. So, yeah, I, I'm still kind of bullish. Now, of course, running the boat and the, the driver right now, NVIDIA, everyone was looking for it. They still got the beat and data centers are really hot. What's going on in this situation and where else can we be looking uh, for opportunities here in data center? Yeah, I feel, uh, you know, the focus is on NVIDIA and rightly so. I don't think we've ever seen a, a large cap company like this you know, do do what they're doing on both sales and the earnings growth side. Earnings expected to be up over 200% this year and over 50% next year. And that's before the analysts are even revising again. So it'll probably pop up a bit more. But valuation is pretty pricey on NVIDIA right here. I am the value stock strategist. So these are the things I look at. And I just can't stomach paying that much for NVIDIA. But the, the AI and the data center side specifically for AI is red hot because those chips have to go somewhere and they're going into the data centers. So I tend to look at who else is going to benefit from this. And there are some other companies. There's the ones who are going to build the data centers, right? Those have to, they have to build them. And then there's the side where maybe you have to maintain it. 
Um, it, it needs services. You, you have to cool it. We just had a recent episode in Singapore where one of the data centers caught on fire and a couple of the large banks, the largest banks in the world said, hey, you can't, you know, we can't do any transactions right now. And I initially thought that was like a cyber attack, but no, it turned out to be this uh, fire in the data center. So the cooling of the data centers is very important using all this uh, AI uses a ton of data. So um, yeah, I would look outside of NVIDIA for a play on the data centers. And one way to do that is through a couple companies, actually. You can look at the construction side with a company like Sterling Infrastructure, that's ticker S-T-R-L. And uh, it's up big, it does everything on the infrastructure side though, which I also like. So we have the big infrastructure bill going on right now, and that's gonna spread out for the next several years. This is the trillion dollars that they're spending. So it's not just going to the rails or the new bridges, it's also going to things like broadband rolling out in the rural areas. They're spending, um, I think it's 500 billion just on the broadband rollout. So a company like Sterling, will be a beneficiary of that. And you can see from even just the chart how much it's taken off because we're we're getting a lot of this spending this year. And it's, it's a relatively cheap stock, especially compared to NVIDIA. Um, and then on the cooling side, you might wanna look at something like Modine Manufacturing, ticker MOD. They're expected to see big jump in earnings this year and next year. They, um, uh, they used to do a lot of cooling for autos, but they also do cooling for commercial enterprises like HVAC stuff. And one of their big areas right now, surprise, surprise, is the data centers. And they talk about it on uh, each of their last conference calls, the last couple, they've mentioned the data centers. Now they do have a, a, another segment of the business. So it's not all data centers, but the data centers is driving Modine, you can see the charts look kind of similar to what we're seeing with NVIDIA, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of like these hidden companies. And then a third one you might want to look at is on the services side, and that's Vertiv. I know this one's a little more well-known out there. VRT is the ticker with that one. Um, I just recently bought this one for my own portfolio, but I've owned it uh for most of this year in Zach's uh, value investor portfolio, it, it's gotten a little more expensive, but this is another one that's kind of mirroring NVIDIA, even on the earnings side. So everybody's going like, oh, NVIDIA earnings up over 200% this year, but so is Vertiv's because of the data centers. And their business is really booming in that. And they've been beating and raising, I think the last two quarters at least, they've beaten and raised. So I kind of, you, you know, I, I look at NVIDIA's earnings and then I expect in a couple months when we get Vertiv again, that they're gonna kind of mirror what NVIDIA is saying. Because so far that's been the case, they've been moving in tandem. So those are just three, there's gonna be others that are also in these similar businesses. But those are three I just managed to stumble across this year because those earnings have really turned around and we're seeing the big growth on the earnings side, which really isn't showing up in most other, you know, industries out there. But the data centers, that's that's where it's at. 
got to knock out that 45 seller there. It's been there the last couple days. So, okay, so we're going to switch gears here. And uh, you have a sector that uh, no one's been uh, paying much attention to. But uh, the financials, Tracy, what do you like <laughs> about the, the financials? I know. I, I just I can't give up on the banks. And I know everybody else has. But maybe it's time to take another look there. Uh, some of the insiders are. The insiders are starting to buy again at the banks. Uh, um, they, they didn't for you know a while there at the beginning of the year when we had the banking crisis. But some of the banks just oversold. They have gotten a rally here in November, so they're off the worst of the recent pullback. But they're dirt cheap. A lot of the bank analysts always say to buy a bank with a price to book at one and then sell it when it gets to two. But a lot of the banks have price to book ratios under one right now. So they're even cheaper than what, what is the norm. And they're paying big dividends. A company like Keycor, they're paying um, over 6% on their dividend, even with the recent rally, again, off those uh, recent lows. But you, you do have to do your homework because not all bank is, you know, as we've found out this year, they're not all the same. You do have the bigger banks like the JP Morgan's Bank of America. They've got investment banking. Uh, you know, they're just in other areas. And then you have the the regionals. They're going to be doing more lending. You know, they might even be in commercial real estate and areas that, you know, might have some issues. But then you have the community banks, too, the smaller guys. And they're in home mortgages, lending to your local companies. But it's the home mortgages that's really getting a hit on those. But that's not going to last forever either. So these stocks, uh, you know, oversold still, even with the recent rally and pretty cheap here. But you you do have to do your research and look around for your your favorites out there because there are hundreds of the community banks that are publicly traded. Right. And so, uh, you know, I went down kind of a dark rabbit hole for those recently. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I, uh, I think it's a dark rabbit hole. I'm just concerned on the regionals, like the majors, like a JP Morgan, maybe not as concerned, but you bring up a key bank and obviously back in the, in the, you know, in March when we had the regional banking crisis going, this stock was getting punished. Those yeah. mortgages just didn't magically go off their books. I mean, a lot of these banks are sitting with mortgages that are inverted, meaning they are actually losing money on a lot of these mortgages that they're sitting on on these books. And I mean, I, I just think if you had to mark to market on a lot of these things, those price to book ratios aren't going to look nearly as good. So I'm scared, you know, just because I know there's a lot of people sitting. I, I think the biggest reason that the U.S. consumer remains strong is that they've got cheap mortgages. You know, where you look in Canada, it's a different story. We're not all locked in for 30 years. Five-year fix is pretty much the best you can get in Canada. So as rates continue to stay higher, eventually those banks start to come out from, you know, being inverted, you know, meaning that they're actually borrowing and then they're lending at a lower rate. So my concern is that a lot of these regional banks are still sitting with mortgage books that they're losing money on. And... I don't know how they get out from under that unless rates start to go lower. Yeah, and I'd bring in some statisticals. I just did a video on commercial real estate. And of course, we have uh, over $1 trillion in commercial real estate debt that, that is due in 2025. Um, and you know, refinancing all that debt at this interest rate, will that just be killer for the banks, Tracy? Um, I, I, 
I don't believe they'll refi there. They'll just push it out if the rates remain really high. So they, they do have methods of which they can get around refinancing a lot of that. But you do have to pay attention to what your financial institution owns, where they make their money and all of that. That's why some people do want to stay with the com uh, the community banks because they don't have as much of the commercial real estate exposure as those regionals do. But um, yeah, you, you have to look at each one and kind of figure out what's going there. But some of them, you know, the net interest margins with these rates higher, they're also making quite a bit of money off of that, uh, depending on what their deposit base is like. So it's kind of, it's a mixed bag. And, but that is still why I like some of the banks. It depends on which one, um, but some of them are managing what's going on there with the higher interest rates much better than others. And they remain cheap because there's just this general fear about everything that's going on in the sector. So, so we'll see, but uh, still, you know, they've gone nowhere for 15 years now, and they were at the epicenter of the great financial crisis, obviously. And but they don't they don't stay down forever. But as we've seen, it can be a long time <laughs> before a, a sector rebounds. Um, another thing to keep in mind about the commercial real estate and just like a, a general warning is to it's not all the commercial real estate isn't owned or wasn't lent to by the banks. A lot of insurance companies and other financial institutions own a lot of commercial real estate. I think people are always surprised when they see or hear about some big building in their city that you know might is, is going under, is going into foreclosure. And then they're like, I wonder what bank owns that? And it turns out it's some life insurance company. So just be aware on what you own, um, if you own any of the insurers as well, to pay attention as well. So are you looking for a rise of the apes over there at Zach's? Because Dole, D-O-L-E, is uh, the number one rated stock over there. Um, or is that yeah. not your pick? Is that Dole not your pick? Stock? That's not my pick. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, bananas, Dennis. Bananas. Oh, I thought Bad that like AMC. I no, have, yeah, have, don't worry, don't right. worry. I think we all got I lost. Thought you were too AMC. complicated with that setup. I'm like, I, have no I, know, I lost it. Good, one. thanks, Mitch. I should have let you uh, let you peel off that one. Have, have um, you looked, have you looked at AMC lately? Have you looked at that chart? AMC? Of what? New all-time lows, AMC? isn't it? AMC. Yeah, it's not going to the movies anymore. Yeah, that's man. that's not a good one if we're if we're looking at one that's no value there, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no. the whole thing. I mean, a story stock can stay hot when the story is hot. Fundamentals don't matter, but eventually, in the long run, fundamentals <laughs> matter here, and yeah. you don't pay billions and billions of dollars for a failing movie company. That's you get punished for that. Yeah. All right, we've been on the line with uh, Tracy Reineck, a, a proud Michigan. Uh, grad, a value stock strategist over there at Zach's, giving us a couple under-the-radar stocks to look at. Tracy, I don't know if we're going to uh, have you on again before the end of the year, but uh, thanks for joining us. You've given us some great input, and we love, we love your fundamental analysis. So, go Blue! Go Blue! 
All Thanks, right, Tracy. guys, like always, check out Tracy and check out Zach's. I threw up the link there so you guys can go ahead. And if you haven't tried it before, they got a lot of kind of free trials so you can check out what Zach's investment research has to offer. Let's get back to the markets here. Joel, how are we looking here? Uh, no bananas. No bananas yeah, here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll get off the, the banana uh, train here. Uh, I can't think of any more puns. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're trading at the highs of the session. We got only two numbers to look at here. Yesterday's Globex high, and that's the high that's made between the 24-hour market, the real market. And then uh, the high on Monday was 45.71. That's what the bulls are gunning for here. After that, I, I don't have much resistance for you. Airlines getting a nice lift here with the sell-off in oil. Ooh. Oil continues to get hammered. I mean, that was the selling opportunity when we obviously had the, you know, the, the, uh, the well, obviously, you know, the Ukraine situation. But when we had the Israel situation, that was the big pop it had. And we have not even revisited those highs. Now we continue to go lower on oil. Oil stocks continue to making new lows. Chevron looks like it's going to break down possibly. Again to a new 52-week low here today, and that's impressive in itself. I mean, with the amount of money that they're making, what is that telling us? What is that mm, telling us, Mitch? Oh, when oil it. continues to go down like this, oil demand dropping here. Yeah, does that China's not tell you yeah, something that, hey, maybe the consumer is slowing a little bit? I agree. Um, I'm just glad I added to XLE in the 85s. Um, I'm, still, I'm still short XLE adding in that range because it's a long-term trend line that it's starting to reject. Um, it's rejected it multiple times to get above 85. So like, let's say if we're back to 87, I'd probably flip um, on the range. But for right now, um, the biggest thing is to just watch crude. If we can get into the lower 70s to 60 handle, I mean, that's something mm, to watch out. But don't forget long, huh? that Sunday is OPEC plus. And so when we come back on Monday, we never know what can happen. So I do want to put that out there. Um, I'm going to be even concerned about what can happen because it's They'll Sunday probably night, right? Try. They're They'll probably going to try to get oil prices back higher here. So keep that that's in mind. If you're part. short, you may want – that's great you know, to, to know, Mitch, because yeah. maybe they come in through the through the long weekend here, a well, long weekend for us, and you know, try to like pump oil somehow because they don't yeah. like it when they see these oil prices falling <laughs> like this either. No, nah, they might put a little yeah. defense – yeah, that's a defense. yeah, the ceasefire. Uh, boy, you put a dot. I mean, you could even have caught this thing at uh, wow, nice double top there if you got up or you were trading the uh, uh, the 6 p.m. open there, uh, matching highs right there, 77.92. No clear support in here. Uh, next daily low, there were two lows in the 72 handle, so. Don't know if we're going to get there yet today, but uh, uh, Exxon Mobil. I just wonder we could look at Exxon Mobil. I hope everyone's paying attention about that 105 area, old support, new resistance. It did sneak above that yesterday. I wonder what Warren's thinking here, Dennis. I mean, this is starting to get back into Warren territory here, right? It, it is. Uh, the Oxy, and we have played this multiple times successfully from this 58 level. And do I get back down and dirty again? I think I took it three or four times. And as day trades, as long-term investments, Oxy was just fantastic for me. I sold the last of my shares, I think, up at 64 or 65, nice. which was a good out, too. So I'm completely out of Oxy. I own no oil now. No, you got you have no – you're completely zero out. zero oil huh? stocks. Yeah, I sold PXD and Oxy were the two that I had. So I have zero, you know, obviously, and I got IWM, so I directly own some. But direct ownership, no, I don't own any oil stocks. I think if Oxy gets down to 56 again, I think I'll buy it. 
it's been it's been the Buffett level. So you know, it's worked for me half dozen times. Why not keep doing it until it doesn't work? Maybe keep buying at 56 to 57. Eventually it goes 53 and you say, okay, it didn't work. But the value's there. Again, oil's cyclical too, though, folks. So you can get attracted to these low PEs and say, how can you go wrong, you know, when these PEs are so low? But it's cyclical. So if, they, you know, and, and again, NVIDIA, same thing. NVIDIA is cyclical as well. So you have to be somewhat careful just throwing out the 25 times. I was just making an argument here that, you know, earlier on the show that it's not as expensive as a lot of people want you to believe. But Chevron, you know, you look at a PE there, Chevron PE right now is ridiculously low. It is 10 times earnings. You think, how can I go wrong? It's half a market multiple, but it's cyclical. So, I mean, if we do go into a recession or a downturn in 2024, oil is going to get hit and these oil prices are going to go down and Chevron price is going to go down with that. So just keep that in mind when you're buying these. You can't just take these, you know, oil PEs at base value. You know, certain ones like Apple are not cyclical, it doesn't seem like. You know, they do, they grow. If they come down, it's very slight. Everything is cyclical to a certain extent, but some stuff is much more cyclical. So Chevron, cyclical, oil, cyclical. We go into 2024, and that could be trouble if we go into a recession for oil stocks. All right, I do want to address something in a correction here. Looks like the meeting that was scheduled for Saturday and Sunday has been delayed now to the 30th. Um, so chat, appreciate you guys like always catching some of the smaller details there. Um, this was talked about for a while there on, on different articles that you know Sunday was going to be that concern. Looks like they just pushed it back there. Um, so I got a couple of uh, notes from this morning, 805, 806. So it looks like they pushed this back. Um, to the 30th. So that could actually help the continued downside action. So I'm going to be looking for that to continue going. Biggest level for me to watch on that is just cut through the 82s on the XLE, and then you're kind of clear space to start dropping to next levels. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here, guys. It's 8.57. Of course, driving the bus today will be NVIDIA. Do you expect uh -huh. more lift from this, Dennis, today? I don't know what it's going to do today. Yeah. It could go either way. The earnings were fine. I think there's underneath demand in a stock like this. I'm not surprised that the 474 got scooped up quickly back up over 500 here. Um, I think I just, I don't think I day trading it today. I'm just looking at it as, you know, as an indicator, obviously SMCI, I'm long SMCI as well. That's going to trade off of NVIDIA. So if you're trading NVIDIA, keep an eye on SMCI or if you're trading SMCI, keep an eye on NVIDIA. I mean, all tech is going to follow this to a certain extent. NVIDIA is a huge battle between the bulls and the bears right now. The bulls are arguing a lot of stuff that I just argued. The bears are obviously arguing that, you know, this business has a lot of pull forward in it. These numbers are not sustainable. I'm getting, um, you know, tweets at me here. New Constructs tweeting at me talking about the ridiculous valuation in this thing, too. We know that they are not fans here as well. So, I mean, there's, you know, there is a heated battle between the bulls and the bears on this stock. I think, personally, the path of least resistance is actually higher for this because I think the stock is so hated by everybody who doesn't own it. And that's the majority, it seems like, of Twitter out there because they all seem to hate it. I think the stock can actually move higher just because it's so hated. And the valuation isn't as nuts as everybody thinks. 505.48. Actually, you got two highs in the 505 handle. And uh, uh, that's from Monday and Tuesday. You just popped up there uh, momentarily in the pre-market trading. And uh, that's the only level I can uh, give you, except for a tr last earnings. It traded up to 520 
um, in the pre-market trading. So uh, that's it. That's it for NVIDIA. But saddle uh, saddle uh, buyers uh, not feeling too good today. Uh, not much. Holy, did, did it suck. Uh, 38 bucks. Yeah, thirty-six. Yeah, box right now. It couldn't be a worse scenario for your call buyers and your call sellers. Market makers just raking it in. Raking in. They're raking <laughs> it in. That's the NAT <laughs> reference, right? Yeah, uh, that guy on CBC. Yeah, raking it in. Whenever some CEO comes on CBC, <laughs> says we're raking it in. You sell stock. <laughs> I uh, that, that's what it went get to. better. I think it was right here is when he was on CNBC. But anyways, uh, I'll just reiterate my levels. 67 was your Globex high from yesterday. 71 has been the recent high of the move. After that, there's really not much resistance, really no daily highs until you get to your September 1st high. And that's, well, let's just call it uh, 4,600. Who thought we'd be talking about 4,600? Uh, if you guys are, are hungry and you want to talk about restaurant stocks, uh, I'm going to have uh, Nick Setian, Setian on uh, from Wedbush to talk about the restaurant sector. See how the uh, see how the consumer's doing. Uh, everyone have a safe Thanksgiving. We'll, of course, no show tomorrow. And then on Friday, uh, I figured we'd have a little uh, a little humor and uh, always fun talking to Jeremy Newsom. He'll be, uh, oh, nice, he'll be yeah he'll be on the show on Friday. So good luck everyone out there and uh, see you on Friday. Any potential to see all time highs in queues? In queues? On the queues? We're not far. I think we're going to bring the gravy. We're going to bring the gravy before the gravy gets here. What's the all time high? Uh, Let's say, let's say at least in the 408. 418 bucks away. I think we could see all time highs in the queues by the end of the year. Yes. Okay. All right. There you guys have it. Bullish in December, bearish for 2024. What I'm going to do is ride this mini bull train that we've got here into the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I am going to dump stocks like a fiend at the end of the year here. Hey. Um, that's what I'm thinking is my game plan. Riding mm-hmm. for a month and then just raising cash because 2024 isn't going to be as fun for the bulls as 2023. But Gotta I think if you're selling stocks here today, I think you're early. Got to be nimble and quick. And yes, enjoy the holidays. Don't worry. We'll be back on Friday as we have a short day, but we'll be here. The question is, will you guys, we'll see you guys like always. Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader, keep up with my man. Enjoy some little turkey action. I hope you're getting some turkey there in Canada. Uh, But let's go ahead, guys. Let's get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Um, going to be taking a look to see what we come after today, right? I still have that XLE trade. You guys want to find out all about that? Come to live trading. That's starting up next. And of course, hit the like button and subscribe. Some of you guys watch pre-market prep every single day, but can't click that subscribe button. What are you waiting for, guys? This is the number one morning show to get you ready for the market. We'll see you guys over on live trading. It's coming up next.